The Mainland Podcast is back. We uh, we unfortunately got kicked in the gut in the final seconds on Saturday night against Vancouver, but uh, the good thing is you got another game coming up this Saturday. By the way, I'm uh, founder and managing editor Michael Citro from TheMainland.com. Joining me is Austin David. Austin, how are you tonight? Uh, I wish we were talking about a win, but yeah, that that was sad the other day. <laughs> yeah, 96th minute is not when you want to concede a goal in a scoreless tie, really. Um, and, you never really want to, but yeah. 96th minute doesn't give you any time to come back. Yeah, and considering how the game kind of played out, how we you know got more opportunities, we had the most possession, and then you know one one instance of uh, laziness and it comes back and hits us right in the face. Yeah, and Octavio Rivero with um, a really insane header from pretty far out, but, I mean, he just flicked it on into a perfect spot where Ricketts couldn't get to it and ended the game 1-0. And the sad thing is is it was supposed to be over after 94 minutes, but then uh, was it Morales that had the injury and uh, was cramping up, I think? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they added a few more minutes on there, and it was just uh, one of those things where, you know, it was definitely a team effort that deserved a point. It probably didn't deserve three, but it it should have deserved at least one point. You know, as you mentioned, much more possession, not only possession, but possession in the opposing team's half. If you look at the average placement chart of the Orlando City players, um, almost the entire 10 guys that aren't goalkeepers spent the average position is on the uh, offensive side of the field. So, um, <laughs> just a couple of the, the just the two center backs were on their own half of the field um, more often than not on Saturday. Um, for my money, uh, just a, a a tough way to lose a game. Orlando City had chances. Pedro Ribeiro with two uh, excellent chances. He took a, a long left-footed curling shot that just barely went over the bar, and he had a header off of a corner that uh, went just a bit wide. So. He had a couple chances. Kyle Lahren came on late and uh, had a 90th-minute chance that could have put the team ahead, and he missed wide. Just too many guys missing the net, Austin. It's it's so frustrating because, you know, if if you're following the Lions for the past few years, um, there's always kind of been a an issue with, with forwards, you know, not necessarily playing up to their capabilities, um, but never quite like what we're seeing right now. And, you know, that could be for a number of reasons. You know, this is a fairly new team. They've only been together since uh, late January. They're still trying to, to, to figure themselves out, essentially. Um, but it's it's so frustrating to see, especially with uh, Kevin Molino. Uh, we, we've seen him score 20 goals last season. Uh, he was the guy for Orlando City, and now he's he's kind of just on the wing playing with Kaká and it, it just felt like during the game against Vancouver, he was trying to dribble the ball into the net. He wasn't taking mm-hmm. any shots. He was just taking that one extra touch that more than he needed to. And it's just really frustrating to sit there and watch. And it's like, please shoot. Please shoot. Okay, I guess not. And, you know, that's that's why Orlando is having such troubles trying to score goals right now. And, again, it's <laughs> it's not fun to talk about. No, and Molino was actually, you know, willing to shoot, showed a willingness to shoot against New York City FC 
Uh, he had one of the better opportunities in that opening game, uh, w- which was just barely tapped wide by Josh Saunders. Could have been the first goal in Lions history in MLS. Um, and since then, he just seems like maybe he's lost some confidence. He's over-depending on Kaká and um, just not going for it. And I think he's got he's got to put that those offensive talents uh, on display in MLS, and he's got to make people respect his game. And maybe if he can uh, score from maybe further away, maybe he'll open up some space for himself. Yeah, and that's exactly exactly the point. What you said, uh, you know, he K- Molino's kind of using Kaká as a safety net. You see him, you know, creating space for himself down that right wing. You know, getting to a certain point, you know, about to take on a defender, and he's like, okay, give it to Kaká and he'll create something. And I feel like a lot of players up, up in front are kind of doing that. They're relying too much on Kaká and not so much on their own abilities to try and create, you know, necessarily within the team. And, you know, it's it's no knock on Kaká because that's kind of what he was brought in to do is to kind of facilitate to everyone else as well as, you know, trying and scoring. But it, it's just kind of gotten to the point where, you know, we we signed all these really good players up front. We have Rivas, we have Rochez, the young DP, and you know, it, it's just really frustrating to kind of watch them not play up to some of the you know video and some of the uh, you know what people have been saying about them. It's you know mm-hmm. it, it's it's tough, but th- th- this is a young team. Uh, you know, we knew this going into the season. One of the youngest in the MLS, and uh, Again, like I said, they haven't been together very long, so mm-hmm. it's only a matter of time before things start clicking. But it's it's tough for fans, you know, going to games right now and then watching all of this, especially new fans. Yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing that I point out. I pointed out a few times this week. It's it's not easy to score goals for any team. I mean, just ask the New England Revolution, the defending <laughs> Eastern Conference champions, and they haven't scored a goal all season long. They have guys who are well-established MLS strikers, scorers of the of the ball. They can take the ball and they can put it in the net. They've proven it time and time again. And they're not doing it. League win, or Lee Win and uh, Charlie Davies and uh, Agadello, no goals between those three. So, um, you know, it's not just new teams that can be bitten by this type of bug. I think the guys are just pressing a little bit. And once they see a clean goal go into the net, I think that things might open up a bit for them. But uh, certainly it's a little frustrating. And it was really frustrating the other night, considering uh, what the MLS said today, uh, which was that Kikuto Mane of Vancouver uh, suspended a game and fined for a challenge in the 65th minute, which many people thought he should have been sent off for, even if he wasn't already carrying a yellow card. Uh, Didn't get any card the second one and uh, was able to be subbed off uh, for a new player later. And so instead of being down to 10 men with still 25 minutes to play, uh, Vancouver stayed even on men, got got Mane off the field, and ended up getting the late game winner. What are your thoughts on that challenge in particular and that refereeing decision? Well, I, I feel that that was definitely a red card. And, you know, from, from our angle in the press box, we couldn't really see it happening live. But, I mean, uh, when we saw it on the video and, and heard the the crowd reacting to it, I mean, it was it was a no doubt in my mind that it should have been a red. But you know, as far as the disciplinary um, actions of MLS, so far 
you know, three games into the season, there have been a lot of fines being dished out to uh, to players and coaches, it seems. You know, uh, obviously Adrian Heath got his fine from the uh, New York City game, and then Mark Watson, the assistant coach, he got suspended a game and fined for going out on the field of play after Kaká scored. And right. it's... You know, it's, it's it just seems like a, an early season kind of thing, not only for the players but also for the referees. They're still trying to to figure out uh, you know certain calls and how to you know to judge the game. And you know, I, it's it's just one of those things where hopefully it gets better, but you never know. And the, being the new team on the block, we're not going to get calls this year. It's going to have to be earned over time. Um, Adrian Heath is going to earn the the respect of the their officials over time and and you know that does play into it i mean these these guys especially the ones that have been around a while know the players and the coaches around the league and they don't know orlando city yet mm-hmm. so it's going to take some time i mean we saw in houston tyler Derrick go for a ride on pedro ribeiro and not get booked for it and not get fined and after either exactly i mean how do you not book a guy for not only the pullback which is a yellow card but He's the last defender. Now, I, I realize that the ball went in the net, so maybe you don't red card him because the ball went in the net, but he's got to be booked, right? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, the, the, the whole punching thing, too. If, if he had, it, you know, if he had tried to punch Ribeiro in the face, you know, he, he may have not been going for the ball. He may have missed Ribeiro's face and hit him, hit the ball instead. You, you know, you don't know, but... All th- <laughs> so you're saying he might have been trying to punch Ribeiro in the head. Who knows? But, you know, the point is, it was... There have been some very controversial calls this year and non-calls, as we saw with uh, Kakuta Mane, uh, who's on my fantasy team, by the way. So that's that's also not too good for me. But it's damaging for you. Yeah, guys. but that's just my personal things. As far as the calls go, it, it'll get better, you know, as the season goes on. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, overall, I was uh, as a fan, I would say I was pleased at the way Orlando City played the game against Vancouver. Uh, they carried the play, possessed the ball, didn't have a lot of silly turnovers. Did have a few, but I mean, you're always going to have a few. Uh, I kind of was very happy with the way they played, other than the finishing. What were your thoughts on the game overall? I think uh, you know the, the the midfield giveaways were too costly. Uh, you know, Eric Avila. Um, he didn't look quite very comfortable out there. Uh, it seemed like every time he, he got the ball, uh, he tried to do a little bit too much and ended up giving the ball away and then let Vancouver get out on the attack and counter. Um, and that's where most of their chances came from, just the counterattack, because they have such speedy wingers and uh, obviously Octavio Rivero up front. And that's where they got some of their early chances was from giveaways from Avila as well as Darwin Seren. Um, you know, and it's, it, it's something that, that's been carried over for the past few games. And, um, obviously Lewis Neal, some, one of the guys who's, who's known the system and, you know, kind of helps, he's, he's, he doesn't, he goes kind of unnoticed, uh, mm-hmm. you know, during games, he just kind of does what needs to be done and that's really it. But in, in some of these cases, when you, when you see the difference of Lewis Neal being out there and not being out there. Uh, it you can you can tell the difference and and I think now with his injury because uh, he's going to be missing this game up in Montreal with a neck injury now uh, I think that's going to be a problem you know considering a lot of young guys are going to be out on the field because of international call ups and injuries so yeah it's, it's mm-hmm. definitely going to be a trying time for them to to try and 
not only score a goal, but to to try and not uh, not blow it up there in Montreal. Well, and the thing too is you got a young team that's thir- starting to learn to work together, and then you get this international break, which isn't a break because MLS has reasons, I guess. <laughs> um, you know, they they need to give you a bye week and some other random week for no reason at all. Um, you know, it's hard to to gain that that chemistry when you're not playing on the field together and then you got guys all over the world now playing for other teams and then you got injured guys Neil you, as you mentioned tweaked his neck we don't know if he's going to be available he's I guess you'd be doubtful if you were doing the NFL style uh, injury report um, not sure if we're going to have Rivas or Higita back yet and um, it's just a, a kind of a mess because it just doesn't look like there's enough healthy bodies with the with the international guys out um, one interesting thing I thought was that, you know, it was the first game I thought Kevin Molino didn't look good. Uh, and the other thing too, is if Rivas had played, I think this, this Vancouver game was a game that would favor him because they were leaving channels between the outside back and the center backs. Mm-hmm. And those are the, those are the areas Rivas is able to exploit with his, his, you know, top notch speed. Um, you know, Vancouver's a little bit better defensively than they had been in recent games, but they still were leaving channels, and um, Ramos was trying to get wide rather than cut it inside and take the channels that they were giving him. But Rivas would have been perfect at running into those channels and getting on the end of those through balls. So, um, you know, just uh, it's a situation where I think if you play Vancouver later in the season, you probably do a lot better uh, at finishing and finding that final ball. But uh, still a team... Uh, trying to find its feet uh, are the Orlando City Lions. Uh, why don't we turn our attention toward this week's opponents, and uh, that is the Montreal Impact. They are like Orlando City, a team with uh, a few. They have a few international call-ups. They don't have seven. I mean, I don't know a whole lot of teams that have seven, but um, they are devastated by in- injuries as well. Uh, you know, Cameron Porter um, out for the year. Tough loss for them. Uh, Justin Mapp. Uh, also out uh, for extended period of time. Uh, not sure if they're going to have Nacho Piatti or um, Dilly Duca or not. Those guys have been uh, missing, but they may be back. You know, what are your thoughts going into this weekend on the Montreal Impact? Yeah, well, I think obviously those those injuries are very uh, crucial to to their play. I mean, they're uh, like you said, Cameron Porter. Uh, he's out with an ACL injury. You know, he's he was their starting striker. Uh, you know, for the last few games, he was their hero uh, in the CONCACAF Champions League uh, victory against Pachuca, and uh, so now you know they've got uh, they've got some guys out there with uh, Jack McInerney, who's an MLS veteran, uh, Dominic Adoro, and uh, you know UCF product Romario Williams, who uh, I don't know if he'll actually be with the team. I think he may have been called up to the uh, to the Jamaican under twenty national team, to be honest. So. That leaves them very, uh, very short on the the offensive end, which might be very good for Orlando, uh, considering they're they're short on the uh, the offensive end as well. So you know, I you know, nil nil one one is probably what I would see in this game, just because of all the injuries up front for both teams. Well, both teams have been very good at limiting chances and shots this year, and uh, Montreal's been good at keeping clean sheets in MLS play. Um, Held New England scoreless. Everybody's held New England scoreless. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you know, they still did it. And, you know, I think both teams, I I would say, are challenged offensively, but good defensive teams. So it's 
it may be a case of strength against strength, especially when you consider that Orlando City is only missing uh, outside backs on the you know on the back line. And uh, so that tell that, that you know that in turn leads me to talk about Luke Bowden and potentially Tyler Turner or Seb Hines at right back. What are your thoughts on uh, on the outside backs for Orlando City? Well, as far as Bods go, I mean he's the the consummate veteran guy. He, you know, brought up through the USL, played for Adrian Heath for the past four years. He knows the system better than pretty much anyone on the field right now. Uh, so he is you know he is one guy that I've been wanting to see play since he was you know named to be one of the few that they were keeping from the USL squad and I think he'll do you know very well um it, it kind of depends on who he's going to be playing with on that left hand side um you know we still don't know the defensive midfield if if Christian Higuita is going to play who knows you may even see Harrison Heath starting it, it might be it might become that bad uh well I, I don't want to you know take a knock on Harrison Heath but you know he's he's still very young so it's still up in the air about who's going to be on that left side with Bods and then um you know up in front of him who knows who's going to be playing up there Avila maybe even Kaká might move outside it's you know it's kind of complicated up there but as far as Bods go he's you know he's I, I'm not worried about him on the other side however um it really depends. Seb Hines has experience playing on the outside with Middlesbrough and, uh, you know, in, in the English uh, Championship League. Um, as far as Tyler Turner goes, he's, you know, he proved himself in the USL Pro last year. Uh, you know, Adrian Heath said he's definitely going to get his chance at some point this season. It might be against Montreal. Um, but in, in this case, I think you would go with Seb Hines just because he is a bit more experienced in this case. I think uh, more training for Tyler Turner with the team uh, would help him, and then maybe down the road with the next international call-ups, that might be a good opportunity for him as well. Yeah, and I, th- and I think that Adrian Heath is going to be loath to put in another young guy if he's forced to use Harrison Heath in the midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, the good thing about Montreal is, you know, with the guys they've got hurt, is that they're not going to kill you with speed. They're not like Vancouver. Right. So you can get away with Seb Hines being a little slower than the other two at right back because uh, as long as he's positionally sound, he shouldn't get beat back because, you know, like I said, they don't have tons and tons of speed. Um, you know, you're going to see Colin in the middle with uh, Sean St. Ledger. They've been a pretty good, uh, sturdy, dependable pair for the most part. Uh, I thought Colin played easily his best game as a Lion on uh, Saturday night against Vancouver. Mm-hmm. He made the MLS Team of the Week. He made the, the 18 for that uh, all-star team. And it was good to see him get a game in where he, as, as he, <laughs> he had two straight games with red cards. And um, it was good to see him stay on the field and play positionally sound uh, soccer. Yeah, absolutely. And considering we kind of... You know, on the site, we kind of ripped him a little bit about not being the guy we we had signed just because of uh, you know the few preseason games that he played. He didn't quite look a hundred percent out there, but I think uh, you know he kind of silenced the doubters just a little bit uh, on Saturday night, which is definitely good for him going forward. And hopefully, he can take that performance from this past week and, and help uh, Orlando uh, stay strong on the defensive end. Yeah. So. Um... You know, we've got uh, – this will be game four already uh, of the MLS season. It just seemed like not too long ago we were like, when's the season going to get here? <laughs> um, 
So this is a big game for Orlando City. They're going to need three points out of this to, to keep pace with the top teams in the East. Uh, obviously, this is a, an expansion club, so you know points count the same all season long. If you can if you can get you know a good chunk of points in the early game going of the season before your team really comes together, that's going to really pay dividends down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and you know. It's, it, with this, even though they are an expansion team with Orlando, it's a very it's an expansion team with high expectations. You know, we kind of set the bar pretty high uh, in in the preseason. You know, Kaká saying we're, we want to win the championship, and then coach kind of had him scale it down. We want to make the playoffs, <laughs> but still, playoffs as an expansion team uh, has only been done I think once or twice. I remember Seattle did it in their first year, and and Chicago Fire. That's right, Chicago Fire was the other one. So. Um, it's you know it's it's a small sample size to kind of look at from Orlando's standpoint trying to make the playoffs at this point but uh you know it's if the season kind of keeps going the way it is and if they keep playing strongly and if they actually score goals yeah I think, let's do that let's do that <laughs> i think that orlando will definitely have a, a good chance of of making the playoffs they've they've impressed a lot of people um you know just in the midfield play and and in general, I know a few guys uh, who were just kind of in the uh, press box the other day. Um, you know, they were saying, "Oh, you know, oh, look at this Molino guy. He's going to be really good one day." And kind of making comments on some of the young guys, and you know, saying this Orlando team's going to be good. But so you know, it's, it's nice kind of have the, having that third party coming in and saying, "Oh yeah, you know, this this team will be good." But uh, like I said, <laughs> score, please. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, back-to-back games against a bunch of knuckleheads uh, from the Great White North, so the team will go up and uh, spend a couple of days in the cold and and hopefully come home with three points. Uh, why don't we turn our attention to the future of MLS, Austin, and that is that today Don Garber announced the Minnesota United FC will be joining MLS in 2018. Of course, we are have a good friend in uh, Jamie Watson up there playing with Minnesota United right now. Hopefully he'll get to make the jump to MLS with the rest of his club. Uh, what are your thoughts on the expansion uh, nod going to Minnesota and not going to the Vikings uh, ownership group? Well, I think Minnesota United, the one thing that they had going for them, or maybe I should say two things. The first thing is that they actually have a team already. You know, they have a fan. Mm-hmm. They, not only that, they have a fan base. And they have, uh, you know, the second thing that I was going to say is they have Miguel Ibarra, who's on the uh, men's national team currently. He actually got some uh, some playing time in the the game against Denmark, I think. I'm not. Well, the be- the less said about that game, the better. Yeah, true. Uh, Nicholas <laughs> Bentner. That, that's all that needs to be said. <laughs> Who knew? Uh, but going back to Minnesota uh, and Jamie Watson, you know, the the more familiar face uh, over there. Uh, he's two for two on expansion uh, bids. You know, he was here in Orlando when we got ours, and now he's in Minnesota when they got theirs. Maybe he should uh, head to Sacramento and make it three for three. Yeah, I think Sacramento and San Antonio are going to be having a bidding war for his services. Uh, number seventy-seven. The cool thing about Minnesota is that it's a very it's a similar story to Orlando City. They're a team that that was pre-existing in a lower tier. Uh, have have the fan support. Uh, have been successful in the past, and um, you know it's it's not just handing you know a franchise over to big money, big pocketed, uh, deep pocketed guys that 
uh, will start from scratch and go play in an NFL stadium. So, um, you know, we've seen a lot of that in New York City FC playing in Yankee Stadium, not perfect. You see Miami trying to find a home and not being able to do so. You see um, the Atlanta team is, is going to come in and have to play, share a stadium with the Falcons. So uh, it's nice to see the teams built the way Orlando City was built and then come in, get a soccer-specific stadium, and it's nice to see MLS embracing that style of expansion. Yeah, I think the one word that I can kind of take from that is is organic. You know, uh, mm-hmm. that's kind of what uh, what a lot of expansion teams uh, have done. You know, like the Seattle Sounders was kind of one of the first ones who kind of started this trend. Um, you know, the, they kind of did it quote you know the right way. Um, you know garnering support for the team, playing well, winning championships, and then, you know, having a, a good resume to present to the MLS saying, we've done this, this, and this, we checked all the boxes for you, now I think we've earned this. And that's that's kind of the way that, uh, you know, Seattle and Orlando and now Minnesota have done it. So it's it's nice to see, and, and I kind of hope the trend continues with uh, with Sacramento being awarded sometime in the near future. That'd be great. Um, So we'll see what happens, but uh, why don't we uh, turn our attention back toward Saturday night's game now and uh, bring in our guest from north of the border. And joining us this week on the Mainland Podcast is Jeff from Mount Royal Soccer. Jeff, how are you doing tonight? Thank you. I'm fine. Thank you for having me here. Oh, uh, our pleasure, our pleasure. We uh, are looking forward to Saturday night's showdown in Montreal, and um wanted to get your perspective, uh, being the Montreal Impact writer that you are, uh, on the team so far this year, because we've seen a very different result in the CONCACAF Champions League play than we've seen in MLS so far. Yeah, uh, but overall the fans are uh, really happy right now. Uh, 2014 was a mess. Uh, we finished dead last in MLS. So um, the team had to to make a good start this year, and they and they did so. Uh, they first eliminated Pachuca uh, in the quarterfinal of the Concacaf Champions League. Uh, in MLS right now, they're not. They have problem with uh, scoring. But uh, they only allowed one goal in two games, and it was uh, not uh, at home. It was away games. So uh, I think the fans are quite are happy with that because last year uh, in 34 games they gave 58 goals. So right now the defense is playing good, uh, real tight. Uh, Laurent Simon, Bakari Sumare, uh, Cabrera, Toya. They're playing good uh, soccer on the defensive side of the ball. Even if the defensive midfielders are not at the top level right now, uh, Nigel Rio Coker is playing better of, uh, of the last game, but uh, Donadell is not at the top level right now. So that's why I think Malice will play against Orlando this weekend. But overall, I think all the fans are are happy with the, with the way the Impact are playing, and uh, I think it's only going to be uh, better. Now, Jack uh, Austin here. 
Um, you guys uh, uh, have a, a significant problem uh, up front. Uh, your one of your forwards, Cameron Porter, uh, was injured. Uh, just this past weekend uh, against the New England Revolution, and it turns out that he has a, a tear in his ACL, so he's going to be out for an extended period of time. Um, now you have three forwards um, on the on the roster that would be able to take his place: Jack McInerney, who's a, an MLS veteran, as well as Dominic Odoro, and of course, uh, product out of uh, UCF, local place around here, uh, Romario Williams. So. Uh, you know what? What do you what do you think about your attacking uh, going forward into this match with Orlando City? Uh, for now, the uh, the attacking is a problem. Uh, Porter, you know, even if Porter was playing good football, it's a problem if your uh, best striker for the beginning of the season is someone of 21 years old getting out of university. So, uh, in my opinion. I've wrote it uh, many times uh, during the off season. I think Jack Mack has the potential, and he has proven over the past that he can be a, a good goal scorer in MLS. Uh, but I don't think uh, the management and Frank Klopas uh, thinks the same. Uh, he did not start any game this year yet. Uh, he played um, at the last game because Porter gets injured, and did not manage to do uh, anything special on the field. Uh, I do think it will start this weekend because Porter is injured for 9 to 12 months, so his season is over. And Dominic Oduro left the, left the last game with uh, an injury, so uh, that's going to be a problem. And Romario Williams is not available this weekend because he has been called up by uh, the young Jamaicans. Uh, so Jack Mack needs need to score because uh, during the summer transfer window, if the impact does not have a, a significant striker, uh, they will try to sign someone from Europe, I think. Uh, it's hard to replace someone like uh, Marco Di Vaio, I understand, but Jack Mack has not produced anything this year, and I do hope, and that's why I've made the prediction of of him getting two goals Saturday, which is a, a very uh, optimistic uh, prediction. But if Jack Mack can't score, uh, we're they are going to be in a lot of trouble. You know, we hope that doesn't happen, uh, Jeff. Quite honestly, <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned injuries and international call-ups, and of course, um, one thing in Montreal's favor is just an enormous amount of injuries and international call-ups. For Orlando City coming into this weekend, Orlando City missing seven players off the roster to international duty. There's injury problems to uh, Lewis Neal's got a neck problem. He may not be available. Uh, Carlos Rivas and Christian Higuita, both with leg problems, and they may not be available. Uh, Brian Rochez has not yet uh, shown match fitness. So all kinds of problems for Orlando. Uh, why don't you give us a little bit of a, a rundown of who is on international duty and who is unavailable due to injury this weekend I guess, for Montreal? I guess we are going to be on the same level then because it's it's about the same tier, uh, same team, uh, same thing here. Sorry. Uh, first of all, we got uh, on international call up uh, the defenseman Laurent Simon with uh, the Belgium international team. Uh, we got uh, Romario Williams and uh, Maxim Tissot, uh, the jeune, uh, the, the young uh, Canadians. Uh, besides that, 
uh, in the injury. We got to Justin Mapp, who is out for four months. Uh, Cameron Porter, of course, out for the season. Uh, I'm not sure about uh, Dominic Duro's condition right now. Uh, Dilly Duca did not play the last, the, the, the second part of the game against Alahu Hensei and the last game because of injury. And even Bakary Sumare uh, did not play the last game with some problem. Uh, if you had that Piatti uh, was out in Argentinian for personal problems, uh, that, that makes uh, a lot of spaces for young players on the bench or even the captain, Patrice Bernier, who can have a start or some playing time uh, during uh, against Orlando. So I think we're pretty uh, even at the, uh, that level. Now, uh, one question for you here. Going into this game against Orlando, uh, it's it's key for both teams to try and you know get a get a, a good quality win. Uh, but for you guys in Montreal, what's what's the key to the game uh, for for you guys? Uh, I think they need a, a win because it's good to be in semifinal in the Concacaf Champions League, but the tournament ends in May. So after that, it will be the MLS season. If it's like last year and in June, the, it's almost over. Uh, the fans are not going to, to go to Saputo's. Last year, uh, there was some problem uh, with empty seats at Saputo's. And, and you have to understand that here, uh, hockey takes a lot of place. Uh, Montreal Canadiens uh, are there for uh, over 100 years. And the, uh, the people in Montreal love soccer, but they also love a team who wins. And they showed it. Uh, you know that when we make uh, the playoff uh, in 2013, the the fans were following it, and and last year it it was really a mess, and that's why it was really important to get a good result against Pachuca. The two after the two two wins in Pachuca, uh, over 18,000 tickets were sold in two weeks for the, the second leg in Montreal. So the crowd was 38,000. I don't know how many people will be at, at the stadium on Saturday, but the season is going good, even if they didn't manage to win a game in MLS so far. But with Kaka, with Orlando, uh, I think it, it will be great if maybe we win 2-1 two, two to one and... And that's the key. If we, if they, if they can manage to stay in playoff spot until August or September, we can say mission accomplished for 2015. So it's it's a key game in the season because they can't uh, go uh, like uh, ten games without a win or or uh, something like that. It, the the W is really important, and uh, they have to get it quickly as possible. Yeah, I think both teams are going to be looking for that win. I mean, nobody wants to fall too far behind in the in the race for uh, for playoff spot. Um, one of the things I think this weekend we'll see is uh, the big matchup for my mind is uh, if Piatti plays for Montreal, I think Amobi Akugo against Piatti is going to be one of the key matchups. Um, what what do you think, uh, Jeff? What do you think is going to be one of the key on field matchups on Saturday night? 
uh, the Keonfield matchup. Sure, um, for my opinion, I think to maintain Kaka on the field will will be a, a good matchup for uh, the midfielders and the defensive uh, squad in, of, uh, of the impact. Uh, I have not seen any match from Orlando uh, this this year, but I've seen the the highlights, and he, he is in pretty good form. He is not here to to uh, to get his pension plan. Uh, he, I think uh, Kaka, they will have to 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 look at him pr- pretty close, and the fact that our main defenders Laurent Simon is not there will not be a, a good thing for Montreal. So the defense will have to step up, and I think a player like Rio Coker or Malice will have. Uh, a full game of watching Kaka right now uh, on Saturday. Uh, he will he will be a problem for for Montreal for sure. Okay, well, uh, we're going to see what happens on Saturday night. I think uh, for sure it'll be interesting. Both teams are going to be going for three points. We're not going to see anybody sit back looking for one point in a tie on Saturday night. Uh, it's Olympic Stadium, right? We're not playing at Saputo's. No, it's Olympic uh, Olympic Stadium here. Uh, there's a lot of snow. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about you in Orlando, but uh, the weather here is not so good for playing uh, at Saputo's right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not getting any snow these days, um, <laughs> or, or really any days for that matter. <laughs> uh, but uh, Jeff, thanks so much uh, for joining us from Mount Royal Soccer. We appreciate your time and your insight into the. Uh, the Montreal Impact. We've got your. We've got you on record as having a, a prediction of two to one for Montreal, and um, we certainly hope that it doesn't turn out that way. But uh, best of luck to you the rest of the season. We're going to see you guys three times this year. Yeah, it will be fun. I think uh, during this all the season long, we're going to battle with uh, Orlando for a playoff spot. Uh, I don't think we're going to get it. I think you, you're going to make it to the playoffs, but I think we'll get the first leg. Uh, on Saturday, two to one. What's your prediction, guys? Uh, what do you got, uh, Austin? What, what do you think? I don't know. With, uh, with so many questions with the with the roster, I, I'd I'd settle for a one-one tie, to be honest. Yeah, and I kind of called a one-one draw when I uh, did my crossover um, Q and A with Mount Royal Soccer. I think that um, there's there's certainly going to be a breakthrough goal. I think for uh, Montreal, I think I think if Piotti plays, he'll he'll find a way to get something done uh, on the offensive end, whether for himself or one of his teammates. Uh, very very impressed with Nacho and how he's played, uh, and probably Orlando City yields a goal on a counterattack at some point. I just think there's too many holes in the lineup right now uh, to to be as good in possession as as they've been, and plus it's a road game. So uh, my prediction was one one, and I, I think. Um, to take another point would be good this early in the season, especially with the, as many guys as Orlando's missing. Yeah, I think in the game in June will be a, a much better uh, way to see which team is on top. Yeah. All right, Jeff. Well, thanks so much for being with us, and uh, we hope to talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you. Have a, have a nice one. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, well, you know, we're just about ready to call this a podcast. 
And we, of course, spell that P-A-W-E-D because that's the way we roll. Uh, we do want to thank Jeff from Mount Royal Soccer. His real name is Jean-Francois, but uh, he's making it simple for us uh, English-speaking folk down here south of the uh, snow belt. Um, but before we get out of here, I do want a couple of pieces of housekeeping. If you want to support our podcast, uh, hit us up on Gmail, and that is themainland at gmail.com. And uh, spell it out, the main land. Main is M-A-N-E, like a lion's mane. Uh, let us know if your company is interested in supporting our podcast. And uh, we'll talk to you about uh, you know, how, we can, how you, we can get you involved. Um, you can find us on iTunes. We should be on Stitcher soon if we already aren't. Um, I'm going to actually have to check that really soon because <laughs> uh, I haven't checked in a few days. Um, but, yeah, there's all kinds of ways to get the podcast. And uh, we hope that you're subscribing subscribing to our podcast. I don't know why I spoke like that. But anyway, before we get out of here, Austin, I wanted to ask you, we already gave sort of our predictions. We both kind of think it'll be a low-scoring game, maybe a 1-1 draw. Uh, so why don't we do prediction time? We're not letting Andrew predict anymore <laughs> because he, he predicted a loss and we beat Houston. He predicted we lo- lose 2-0 and we beat Houston. Predicted we'd win 3-0 or 3-1 and we lost to Vancouver. So he's done with predictions. I want to know from you who's going to score Orlando City's goal if it's a one-one draw. I think this is going to be a, an incredibly unpopular pick, but I, I'm gonna I'm I'm go ahead and go for it just because uh, there's so many questions marks for this game. I'm gonna go with Danny Mwanga. He's going to be the goal scorer for Orlando City. Really? Yep. I'm calling it huh. right now. Well, that would be a surprise. I'm not uh, convinced he's getting on the field, even with a <laughs> a, a team that's a little bit. Uh, shorthanded. I'm going to say this is going to be somebody completely off the wall. Like, I'm going to say our first clean goal comes from a defender, and it's going to be a header from Aurelian Collin. I like that. So Aurelian Collin gets up and gets a set piece and gets on the end of it and uh, and puts it in the back of the net. And I think that's. I, I really think a one-one draw is probably good uh, if Orlando City can. Take advantage of Simon not being in for uh, for Montreal. Maybe we can get a second and get out of there or sneak out of there with a win. Maybe we'll be one of those teams that only wins on the road. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if uh, I don't know if Phil Rollins and the ownership group would uh, would enjoy that as much as uh, the fans would necessarily. Yeah, I mean, I, I just want three points. That's all. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, you know, we'll see what happens, and then we'll come back next week and we'll talk about what happened, and then we'll look ahead to DC United, which will be. Uh, another uh, completely short-staffed game for Orlando City because most of the guys will still be out on international duty, and um, but hopefully we won't have any pick up any more knocks uh, between now and then. Uh, so until next week, for Austin David, I am Michael Citro saying, Go City! <laughs>